<laughs> a lot of people look at it like you must have so much fun working with celebrities and I'm like oh it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done from monolith media I'm Selena and this is monolith conversations a show where we talk to professionals musicians artists and everyday icons about their triumphs struggles motivations and everything in between. Hello listeners and this is Monolith Conversations. Today I am sitting with Mercy Chikore, who calls herself the five foot queen of sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me about that before we get into this because I found that so hilarious. What how did did you come up with that? I'm glad somebody did. Um, I just grew up always being sarcastic. And I think on the internet, it's always a challenge to find the shortest way to describe yourself. So I was like, well, I am five foot tall and I am sarcastic. So why not? (laughs) That's where it came from. Yeah. Literally just trying to find a short way. That was so brilliant of you to come up with that. I want you to tell us about your greatest achievements. Highlight them to us. <laughs> it's weird to say greatest achievements because I feel like I haven't necessarily accomplished them. But I would say one, just making it. I think uh, traveling so much in my childhood, going from Japan to Zim to New York, back to Zim to Switzerland to the U.S. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to fit in. Not that anyone, not that I was trying to fit in, but you know, it's not an easy thing to connect with multiple audiences. So then I would say another achievement is becoming a publicist because I was never formally trained. I went from journalism to public relations, which are similar, I guess, different sides of the same coin. And then, you know, just getting clients every single time I sign a new contract, I feel like it's a great achievement. Every time I write a story, I feel like it's a great achievement. <laughs> Putting a word down on paper, which I'm sure you can relate to, is a great achievement. Yeah. So, And, of course, getting awards is great, especially when they're not expected, especially when you don't apply for them or pay for them. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been lucky to get one or two awards the past year that were really humbling. So, yeah. Well, tell us exactly what they were. We want to know. Of course. So in Washington, D.C., where I live, there is a group called Washington Women in PR. Mm -hmm. So imagine Harare Women in PR. Yeah. (laughs) And they're a great organization who highlight women in public relations in the city. And the president of the organization, who I have gotten to know over the years, said, hey, I'm nominating you for this Emerging Leaders Award that we have every year. You are always doing something interesting. I've been watching you for a while, and I don't understand why we haven't nominated you before. Oh, wow. And for my position, I always am the one to nominate my clients. So Uh being a publicist, you have to be used to being behind the curtain and not on stage. Mm -hmm. So it was a very weird thing to have someone say, hey, why haven't you been nominated? And I was like, (laughs) well, because I nominated people before and they won. So (laughs) I didn't think it, it was appropriate for me. So luckily she did. And, you know, I was at the awards ceremony. They didn't tell us who won or anything until, of course, they're reading my bio. And I was like, I don't know if that's me or not. Oh, and gosh. then lo and behold, it was. 
And it was just so funny because, of course, no one can ever pronounce my name. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's always that little pause before they say it. And I was like, okay, it is me. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I won the award. And then another award I got was for my community service in the D.C. area mm-hmm. um, from a radio host named Sunny. She does an annual women's dinner and she honors women who are making their communities better. And uh, one of the things that I always do is volunteer. So I actually had a friend nominate me for the award just because I wanted to highlight my volunteerism. And it was one of my goals to step out there and get inch closer to the stage versus just staying in the back and behind the curtain. Wow, what a great answer. And you just answered pretty much most of my interview questions right there. (laughs) But we're going to go through them anyway. Well, it was great talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) How did these achievements make you feel? Like, do you feel like it's not enough? You want to do more? Or do you feel like that was amazing? How could I ever top that? How do they make you feel? It motivated me to highlight myself more. I often don't talk about myself or what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And just seeing people's reaction and seeing the amount of support that I received was pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. I know I have a wonderful tribe around me. I'm lucky to be someone who people clap for and, and not, you know, hate on the side, yeah. <laughs> on the sidelines. So I thought that feeling was amazing. And I think we're, I'm always striving to do more. I don't think my goal is to get awards or accolades, but it's nice to be recognized. I can definitely relate. I mean, it's very modest of you to say this about yourself and not many people humble themselves and put their tails in between their legs and, you know, just sit back and be content with that. So I think it also is, is a very good thing that you got recognized for the work that you do. Yeah. You've done a lot of voluntary work. Highlight to the youth in Zimbabwe that are unemployed um, how important it is to do voluntary work. Because instead of them sitting idle, they could do something with their time. Please highlight to them why it yeah. is important for them to do that. Yeah, I think, well, sitting idle doesn't make you a better person, that's for sure. And I know mm-hmm. volunteering in Zim, I'm sure, looks completely different than volunteering in D.C. <laughs> but at the core of it all is, <laughs> at the core of it is, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. You never know where your next opportunity will come. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine that sitting idle in Zim is like you really feel like you have no other choice or option Mm -hmm. but if you are able to build yourself a network and community someone will look out for you and I think that's what I focused on doing because I started volunteering at a time where I really didn't know what I was going to do I didn't have a job I I was always say I was always my busiest when I was unemployed (laughs) because I was volunteering for multiple things and uh, maybe I was at school at the same time but Because, you know, in the U.S., if you're on a student visa, they don't let you work. So things Mm -hmm. get really interesting. So you have a lot of time to volunteer. But it really just keeps you linked to the community. You meet amazing people. And for me, my volunteer experiences open the door to where I am now. Wow. I hope these youngsters are listening to this and are taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say being young, a lot of the messages don't really, you don't really hear them. 
mm-hmm. until you experience it. I mm-hmm. think a lot of us have to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I know it sounds like easy, like, oh yeah, definitely get up and go volunteer. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, once you actually do it and find your passion and find what moves you, that's where it makes a difference. So I know with youth, we're always talking at them versus to them. So I would yeah. say it's not an easy thing, but definitely get out if you can. Wow. We can talk about that one all day. <laughs> uh, moving yes. on, exactly how important is a PR role in corporates and in pop culture? It's it's pretty important. I think it's the foundation of a lot because mm-hmm. public relations is an umbrella. So it's... It includes social media, it includes marketing, it includes crisis communications, it includes messaging, it includes media relations, which is what I do for the most part, which is pitching to newspapers, magazines, TV, and radio. Mm -hmm. But what PR does is it frames the message. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't realize what they're looking at is a part of a PR machine. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly important, and you can always tell when PR was not involved in a campaign. If you think of the craziest things that have happened, I could use Donald Trump as an example. <laughs> His communications team does not do crisis. They pretty much just yeah. regurgitate whatever <laughs> he says, and it never works out. So he's an example. I mean, we've seen so many different things time and time again. I I have so many U.S. examples that probably didn't make it to them, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, definitely people underestimate the role of a PR person. And especially yeah. in this side of the world, I don't think it's it's a career that's, you know, that is as out there as it is in the first world. It's not, and I think that's an unfortunate thing, because I always wonder, like, if I go back to Zim, what what will I be doing? Who will I be working for? Of course, I would Zim probably papers? start my own company there. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> um, but PR... <laughs> But PR does so much. It can yeah. it can literally make you a star the next day. It can help save your company. It can help with tourism. Well, um, if you do intend sales. to come home, you can start your own firm and you can train others. How about that? That sounds awesome. You've met a lot of Hollywood big shots. Tracy Jones, <laughs> Marlon Wayans, yes. Jadana. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward, um, who would you like to work with and why? Well, you know, I will say about entertainment that it's really hard. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people look at it like, oh, you, ha- you must have so much fun working with celebrities. And I'm like, oh, it's probably <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? Because they're, yeah, they're, and it's not even them. Most of the time, it's dealing with their people. Mm. The thing with celebrities is they have a big bubble around them, so it's hard to penetrate. So imagine your favorite person literally has layers of people to get to them. Mm-hmm. And then as a publicist, you're often having to fight to make sure that they know your role is important. Mm-hmm. And that can be a challenge because public relations is not tangible. You mm-hmm. can't touch it unless you get an article in a newspaper or magazine, but it literally is one of those results-oriented jobs that, you know, a lot of people can't pinpoint it all the time. 
Mm-hmm. So it's different when you have someone who paints your house. You're like, great, I see the paint on the walls. Yeah. Or they fix your car. Great, my car is running smoother. But with PR, the results take so long. Like, you can end up doing a, a campaign for a year and finally get that one article in the New York Times that your client <laughs> always wanted. But it took a year to get it. But I would definitely love to work with like Janet Jackson because I adore her and she's just a timeless act. Even a Missy Elliott. You know, there are people in the industry who've lasted long for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's because they have great teams and because they're just great people. So people like that. And of course, I want to work with more African artists mm-hmm. all over. Of course, Jadena would be amazing because <laughs> why not? And I like when people have music with a message. And I think he's an artist who does Okay, so just Jadena and African artists? Janet Jackson, Missy Elliott? And Janet Jackson, yep, yep. Wow, that's, you got a short that's list. That's what I can think of right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the entertainment world, yes. Okay. I think elsewhere, definitely anyone who's making a big difference or who's making our lives easier, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. And definitely things that are probably more self-serving. Like, I am obsessed with sushi. If I could work with the best sushi chefs and get free sushi every day, I would be happy. I do have a friend who has a friend, so speak to me nicely in this interview. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Do you have your own PR person? No, I do not. Why? I I, That sounds kind of crazy to me right now at the... Considering where I am right now, Mm -hmm. I think I'm practicing on myself, but Uh in the future, perhaps it's funny. I actually thought about a business strategy of being the publicist for other publicists Mm -hmm. because there's so many amazing publicists out there that people don't know about. There's one in DC specifically who have actually pitched it to, um, her name is Abba and she runs TAAPR and she's amazing. She's Ghanaian, Mm -hmm. which makes me even more proud. And she is basically the company behind all of the luxury brands and chefs who come to DC. So any super, Fancy, yeah, she used to live in Paris, and she was studying fashion, and then she was a biochemist, and then she became a publicist. Her story is ridiculous. So she needs a publicist. Mm -hmm. I would like to be her publicist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I hope this interview gets to her ears. Oh, yeah, she already knows, but we're both so busy that it's just super hard to connect, but we always talk online and see each other in dc so i'm gonna make it happen i'm gonna make her sign a contract soon and when you do shout out to monolith for putting you on (laughs) (laughs) absolutely there's a notion about africans living abroad feeling nostalgic and you know Uh desperately wanting to connect more with their roots therefore they Uh incorporate elements of their culture in everyday life i see you Uh have dreadlocks why yep so two different reasons Mm -hmm. i one i have a twin sister (laughs) i think you've probably seen her on my social media yes maybe so there was a when we first went natural she went natural and then i think i was just doing braids and twists and then at some point i was like you know what i need something different i can't just have an afro because i want to look 
different. So mm-hmm. me and my best friend decided to get locks together. And it was something I wanted to do, but not, it wasn't like a huge deep thought, like folks even like dreads like that. But <laughs> I think it was just something I wanted to try and see if I could make it work. Because when I came to Zim, people were looking at my hair like, are those extensions? I'm like, no, it's my hair. And they were a little surprised, but yeah, they looked well, confused the at the same time. Yeah, well, the culture has evolved, <laughs> and now you can get fake ones, and they okay. look like real ones, and they just put okay. them on your head. So probably that's why you got that question. Yeah. <laughs> so which answers Maybe. me, um, yeah. you don't go all the way with the Rastafarian culture? No? No. <laughs> I literally am that person who did it because I was like, that's going to be so cute. And now, not to say that I don't respect the reason Rastafarians will, because I actually have a few friends who had locks and they're Rastafarian, and it was really fascinating to hear, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them had their dreads since they were kids, yeah. and it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't exposed to that as much, but I definitely respect uh, the Rastafarian culture. That's pretty profound. In your line of yeah. work, image is everything, and... What is the type of message you're supposedly conveying to people when they look at you? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean to laugh, but I was just thinking of myself. Uh, what would you like people to deduce, you know, just from one glance at you? What do you want people to think? Just that I'm creative but professional. Mm-hmm. I think I pride myself on stepping out of the box but not jumping out of it. Because I do have locks, I do have piercings on my face, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think I still carry myself in a way that makes someone trust me, which is a part of being a publicist, too. Yeah. You kind of have to be everyone's best friend. (laughs) Which is good. We all can't be everybody's cup of tea. One has to be tequila, the other vodka. Or whiskey, which I prefer. (laughs) What do you do for fun? Before you answer me, I saw your video when you bungee jumped the Victoria Falls Bridge. Yes. How was that? And is it one of the activities that falls on your what-to-do lists often? Or it was just one of those, yeah, you know, I'm going to be in Zim. So what am I going to do? Let me try this. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I always wanted to go skydiving. Mm -hmm. And... When me and my mom, we took a trip to Big Falls, I saw it was a part of the activities. I was like, uh, I have to jump off the bridge. <laughs> I'm here. You know, this would be a great way to start off the year because if I can jump off a bridge mm-hmm. between Zim and Zambia, I think I could do anything else. So <laughs> part of it was conquering my fears, which I'm not even afraid of heights, but to jump off the bridge, you have to be in a certain mind space. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I was more, I think it was fun to hear people's reactions as I was going mm-hmm. to jump off the bridge. And my mom was so scared. So I was being funny and we were taking a picture before. I was like, this is our last picture together. <laughs> <laughs> in case I die. I don't. Right, I don't think she liked that one. Um, <laughs> so what I what I don't jump off bridges all the time, but mm-hmm. I also just I love going to concerts because I'm obsessed with music, well, live music. Mm-hmm. So I'm always at a show in Washington D.C. I'm always out at happy hour eating something, <laughs> which is terrible. And I not really drinking, not. just the eating. Oh, for sure, drinking. That's the oh, point okay. of happy hour. <laughs> Remember the whiskey I mentioned earlier. Yes. So. 
but that's how we connect. You know, happy hour is a good time. It's a great way to connect with people, future clients, friends, whoever. So that's pretty much how we do business. So yeah, happy hour, live shows, jumping off bridges, hopefully skydiving later this year. And of course I enjoy reading, but that's more of the boring side. Ah, I see. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. And I hope someone out there listening has been inspired by Mercy's journey and her story. You can read more of um, what she's about on her website and on our monolith page. And also, Mercy, could you give us ways to get in touch with you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. You can connect with me on Instagram, which I'm on all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's it's Mercy C I T S M E R S D Y C. And I'm on Twitter, Mercy C M E R C Y C. And you can find me on Facebook, but you don't have to. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but I'm always posting, so you can find me everywhere. That's good. Well, I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. and um, Thank you. I really, really, really hope you get to tick all the boxes that you've set for yourself. And we at Monolith have recognized you as a monolith. And we are so proud of you. And keep shining bright like a diamond. And oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> as and long as you shine with me, we'll oh, be good. Absolutely, girl. Absolutely. And we're hoping to do a follow-up interview in, in a year's time. And then we can catch up with you and find out what you're doing then. Great. Hopefully, cool. I would have lost some weight by then, and um, I can report back. <laughs> you know what? I hear there, there are these apps that do wonders. I, myself, will just stick to sitting at the couch and just... I like it. ...having some ice cream. <laughs> Someone has to do it, so thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, Dairy Board would be working for, for nothing if I don't pick up that jar. Come on, now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Monolith is hosted by Selena. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review and tell your friends. Don't keep it a secret. Help others discover Zimbabwe's everyday icons. And as always, thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social media.